Okay, hello everybody and welcome to the Drexel Basketball Podcast. Uh, we'll talk about a really successful week, men's and women's, uh, this week. But, um, but first we have a, a special guest. We have Robert Battle with us. And I told him I was going to save it till we started the conversation. Um, but this is about as, um, for me personally, a special uh, a player we could have. Um, I think we are just talking, three of us, and we've got Dan's here. Bill, first time joining us, welcome. Uh, Eric had to hightail it out of uh, the Bob Carpenter Center this afternoon. He had something going on tonight, so he wasn't able to join us. Um, but and then, um, of course, I'm here now. But we have Robert Battle with us, and uh, I was starting to say. I, so my freshman year at Drexel was uh, 2002, 2003. Which um, correct me if I'm wrong is your freshman year or my freshman year, your senior year. So my first Drexel game ever was down at Penn at the Palestra, uh, where you guys won. And it was a few days before Thanksgiving. And then, um, and then right after the new year was uh, UNC Wilmington. You guys played at the DAC, and um, I, I think my parents went down too. And it was just a great, great day. And it got hooked me on Drexel basketball to the point where you know, I just got home. We left Friday night. We drove down Virginia, stayed there a night, uh, drove to Elon, went to the men's game, and then drove up, uh, stayed overnight like in Quantico, and then went to the women's game in Delaware. So, um, you got me hooked on Drexel basketball. I loved watching you play. If I was going to name a handful of my favorite Drexel basketball players ever, you're right at the top of that list. So um, it's an honor really to have you and and welcome to our, our show here. So, um, and really just wanted to start out, um, you know, just, and I know it's a really general question, but tell us about yourself, you know, where you're from and where you grew up and we just want to learn as much about you as we can. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, guys. I appreciate uh, the invite and, and getting the opportunity to be on. Like I said, um, you know, I, I don't I don't get many invites, so it's always fun to come on and and, uh, and get to chat and, and share uh, my story. So um, and I remember those games. I remember those <laughs> games very, very well. Uh, it's always nice to beat up on Uganda down at the, at the Palestra and uh and unfortunately, I remember that UNC Wilmington game. We lost. I know I missed a couple. I shot pretty well from the line, but we went to overtime, and I probably might have missed one or two. Uh, but um, and unfortunately, they were they 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 uh, they were our demise at the end of the year too. But uh, yeah, for uh, me, I was born and raised here in Philly. Uh, I'm a Philadelphia guy through and through. Um, Went to Northeast High School and uh, went on to, to Drexel University. I was a two-sport athlete uh, in high school. I was offered scholarships for, for both sports. And um, I actually committed to play football at the uh, at IUP. Mm. So, the you know, the Indiana University of Pennsylvania. And I don't know, something didn't sit well with me. So, like, before, the, you know, the school year ended, um, I opted out of that, and uh, plus I was I was playing basketball all year round. I was putting more time into basketball, and I hate the cold. So uh, yeah, yeah I'm gonna be going to be able to see Phil every year. Yeah, we drove out there just to look around, and we were there in August. It's pretty close to Punxsutawney, but other than that, there's not much out there. But yeah, yeah, no, no, it's it's yeah, <laughs> I, I don't I don't like the cold, and you know, so so basketball it was. <laughs> And, um, you know, it, it, the funny thing is that in there, I didn't have a school. It was to the point where when we graduated, they still said I was going to IUP. 
because, um, you know, and I, I was on the phone making, you know, my physics teacher helped me. We're, we're, we're calling schools like, hey, you know, I, I remember we called Delaware, uh, University of Delaware. They didn't have any more scholarships left. Um, Drexel didn't have any more uh, scholarships left. Uh, we called Siena. They wanted to send me to a prep school out in Massachusetts. So I said, hell no to that. Um, but then Drexel was going to send me to a prep school in called Solbury Prep in New Hope, Pennsylvania. So we basically like agreed to that um, and saying like, okay, you know, after you do that, that, that year, uh, you'll sign a Drexel. So I'm like, cool. We, we were working on financial aid. Everything. I went to visit. And um, I guess during that summer, I guess one of the junior college transfers or whatever that Drexel had uh, fell through. And, you know, Steve Seymour got the job and they brought me in and, and literally offered me uh, the, the scholarship. Seymour always liked me. He was the ones that, that sit, saw me on the circuit, on uh, the AAU circuit. And uh, I literally, that was my visit. I went in there with, you know, with my family. We sat down. Uh, they took me outside on the corner. I stood on the corner of, uh, what, was the, what was that, Arch? 33rd and R say like, hey, there, there's the cafeteria down that way. These are the dorms here. And that was that was my tour. I said, where do I sign? <laughs> so, yeah, I got you know, I got a full scholarship to play Division One basketball, which um, which I, I I knew I was a Division One player, but all throughout high school, I, I get a bunch of Division Three letters, you know, Division Two, and I would just trash them, you know, because I I knew that I wasn't you know, a division two or division three player. So I would, I would trash them, you know, um, D three letters will come a lot. And I'm like, this is ridiculous. You know, this, I only had one other opportunity. I, I did a, a, um, official visit to North Carolina A and T. Oh, and, and they kind of, they were kind of deceitful because the guy said, Hey, we got one more scholarship. Um, and we want you to have it. So he wants you to come down. So I went down there and there was another Philly guy on the same visit, uh, Fowler. I think it was James Fowler. I think his name was. I think he was like a Newman uh, from St. John Newman. And um, went down there, played. In the morning we're leaving, I said, oh, so everything's good. He's like, oh, yeah, we got to we gotta check out one more player. And I'm like, what? You know, and they're like, we'll give you a call. The guy never called. So I reached out to them. I'm like, hey, like, what's the deal? It's like, oh, we tried to call you, but you know, the line was busy. And I'm like, I'm like, God, listen, you know, I know what you may think. Like, you know, I I didn't grow up, I didn't grow up poor. Like we we had call waiting. Right? So if you called, somebody would have somebody would have switched over, you know. But um, yeah, that's that's how it came to be, man. I was Drexel. They were the only ones willing to really take a chance on me as a Division One uh, basketball player. Did you miss so, football then? I mean, it, was there what factored into picking football over or basketball football too? Um, I don't know. Like you know, like I said, I didn't like the cold, and then, um, you know, I was playing basketball all year round. Like I would play in the summer. I was doing AU, right, and then when it comes like in the winter time, you had the Donofrio classic and Kasha Hagen. So we were playing, I was playing basketball all year round. Then like the, uh, pal leagues, positive image. I was always playing basketball. 
uh, football helped, but I, I never really knew how to work in football. I don't know if you guys are, are familiar with the public league, but uh, at that time, public league football was, you know, when you compare it to what it is now and those guys getting to uh, participate in the PIAA and all that stuff, uh, like Northeast is like a, a powerhouse now. Like they're sending guys to, you know, Division One colleges all the time, you know, NFL and things like that. But at that time, we had a coach. We were like a wing T offense, like 46 belly and like 70 flood. Like it was, we had, we didn't throw the ball, um, which I feel like it was kind of a blessing in disguise of why I played basketball. Because if I played somewhere where they really threw the ball, I would probably be, I probably would have been somewhere in the Division One football program. Um, because my senior year, I had 11 catches, 131 yards, and two touchdowns. And I'm like, guys at other schools do that in one game. You know? So, like, so like even with that, you know, I got the recognition and, you know, offered scholarship and, you know, got to see. I even got to speak, you know, got calls from a couple of Division One. Uh, coaches because of my size, you know, and my and my hands at the at the tight end uh, position. But um, I don't know. All those things were going through, and they were going to allow me to play both sports oh, wow. at, at IUP. But uh, I don't know. I went on a visit there. It was cool. Caught some passes for them and stuff. Um, but I didn't like the cold. And then I'm thinking, like, it's going to be cold. And then, you know, they're throwing a lot harder at that level. You know, it might hurt my hand. Like, I don't know. What I was thinking, but well, I'm sitting here. Um, I'm thinking about a, a Roxborough and a Ben Franklin electrons game I went to, and it was a miracle if they got a punt off. <clears throat> and I think one time they the kid dropped the snap on the punt and just chucked it down the field, and the guy returning caught the ball, thinking it was punted, but it was actually thrown. So when you say that the quality not quite being there, I, I, I that registers with me, that's for sure. So yeah, no, um, it, was, it was it was bad. You, you didn't have – you try to compare that to the, what those guys were doing at, like, Central Bucks West and stuff. Oh, yeah. You know? I remember those teams. We yeah. looked like – we looked like Pop Warner. Yeah. 42, you know, you know, 40 dives and stuff like that. That's what we were doing. You know, these guys over there, like, pro-left, ZXY, you know, all of this stuff. So do you, you – know? so I mean, this explains a lot, too. I mean, I know part of why I always enjoy watching you play is, you know, you don't, you kind of came off as having a chip on your shoulder. Like, you know, nothing was given to you, and you just – you always played hard. So did that factor in when you went to Drexel? Like, you had something to prove? Yeah, ab- absolutely. Um, I'll, I'll say this, and I can say this because they're they're good friends of mine, and um, and they'll and they'll be honest with you and tell you this is what they did. So I, when I got to Drexel, I'm there. So I came into class with Ashley Howard, uh, Henry Fairfax, Henry Doug, Doug Fairfax, and Tim Whitworth. Right, we're talking about Tim Whitworth, who at that time was, you know, the I don't know if he still is, but at that time was the all-time leading scorer at Chestnut Hill Academy. Um, all-time leading scorer uh, Fairfax was at um, at Haverford School. Um, you know, Ash Howard. These are three guys that I. If I recall correctly, all city players. So they're like, oh yeah, you know, you look at Ash Howard, like, oh yeah, we got Doug Fair. They were already friends. Tim and Doug. We got Doug Fairfax. Oh, we got Tim Whitworth. Robert Battle. Who is that? Like, who who is this guy? Robert Battle. Like, what is it? you know? And and you know, they told me that. It was like, yo, who is this freaking guy? Like, why did they sign him? You know? But um, 
So I definitely came in with a with a chip on my shoulder, you know, to to prove, you know, at that time to prove Seymour right. Um, and he did. I'll tell you a quick story. He didn't make it easy on me. So like I, everything I I had I I did I got I had to work for it. Like it, so I was a chubby kid. Just to tell you where it comes from, real quick. I was a chubby kid. Like I was I was nine years old and I was like a hundred pounds. So I was a fat boy. So when I played little league football, when you're supposed to, so we, we play pound ball. So when you're nine, you're around what? 65. I'm supposed to be playing with the 65 pounders. I, I, uh, I was too heavy for them. They pushed me up to the 75 pounders. I was too heavy for them. I had to go all the way up to the 90 pounders. I'm, I'm nine, 10 years old playing with teenagers. So I got cut my first year. I came back as a 10-year-old, started for a team that was full of teen- teenagers. And even moving up there, I had to run before every game with a trash bag on because I was still pushing the weight limit. So um, even my friends were merciless. Those and, and my good friends, whose house I am now, both of them, my two guys, they're upstairs now. They, te- they tease me mercilessly, mercifully, you know, mercifully, uh, about being chubby and, you know, having, you know, I guess you could say kid breasts and all types of stuff. So that's where it came from. So I, I remember one time I was in there, I had like my little weights. I'm doing that. I'm, I'm in the park behind my house running with a trash bag on and things like that to lose weight. So one day I came out and I took my shirt off and they couldn't say, they couldn't say that anymore. Um, so I got to, I got there. I went there. I was watching them play pickup. So I go down after I watched them. I go into Steve Seymour's office. He's like, hey, how's it going with those guys look like? So I only know one way to play. So I come from a really good program. Um, rest in peace. Uh, Greg Wright ran the Hunting Park Warriors program. Um, he was really hard. So we talking about guy cuss you out in front of your mom, uh, taught us to play the right way, very defensive, you know, uh, defensive-minded. So that's where that came from. I was a very, you know, defense was my defense was my thing from the beginning. So there was nothing you could do to me that I haven't said. Like this guy, I mean, if this guy can call you the P word in front of your mom, like <laughs> I don't think it can get any worse than that. So I, I see them playing. I'm like, these guys aren't really playing. They're not playing hard. So when I went down there, he asked me, these guys, hey, these guys are, you know, how to look up there. I'm like, yo, they don't really look like they're playing hard. You know, Seymour was the guy who would take that stuff and then repeat it in front of it. He's like, I got a freshman coming in here. Tell me that you guys weren't playing hard. I'm like, dude, really? Are you like, do you want me not to have, do you want me? Are you trying to sabotage me on this team or what, man? Like, like, come on, man. You're not giving me a chance. These guys are going to hate me, you know, but, um, you know, their freshman year was rare. Oh, so the, what a lot of people don't know, this this is this is a, uh, you know, this is exclusive right here. What a lot of people don't know, I was a red shirt. I came in, it was agreed that I was going to red shirt. So I was, I was red shirted. So they went to preseason games without me. I was on campus. Um, what happened was uh, Joe Linderman got hurt. You know, Joe, Joe Linderman, you know, he always had like back issues, but was Joe Linderman was a serious problem. I've seen this guy not practice for a whole week and then 
go to New Mexico and drop 28. But um, so he got hurt. Um, DeCorey Rose, uh, who was Malik Rose's younger brother, quit. Um, Julius Williams, who actually wound up coming back when Bruder has a, you know, um, his graduate year to play, he quit. So he had, so you're down two bigs and another guy quit. So they come to me and say, Hey, you know, do you want to come off red shirt? Um, you know, me being an 18 year old kid, what do I want to say? Hell yeah, I want to play, you know, looking back and understanding like what a red shirt could have done. I, I wish I probably could have, I would have stayed on, but, um, it's like, yeah, you want to play? So I wound up playing maybe like 14 minutes a game uh, my freshman year, led the team in blocks. Um, and um, it, it was it was a good run, but it was a little disheartening this, this sophomore year when my minutes decreased when Joe came back and things like that. Um, because I take – unless you give me a reason not to take your word for it, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take your word for it. I'm trying to learn, so I'm assuming you know – better and I'm going to listen to that and I'm going to learn. I'm going to lean into that with everything I have. So Seymour was like, you know, if you, if you play defense, you're going to play and things like that. And I'm like, well, I'm the best defensive player on the team. But my minutes aren't reflecting that. So, and, and lucky me, like, like Linderman absolutely abused me my freshman year in practice every day. He had this spin move that was just which I actually made my own later on after I got, you know, killed with it for a whole year. Um, I learned how to defend him. So I probably, he was lucky because he had the only person in the league that could pretty much defend him on his team. So um, after that year, um, you know, Seymour got fired. They were making a move in the CAA. And it, and it kind of sucks because <laughs> I know he was, he was really devastated. He's really excited about moving to the CAA, and then you know he got fired. And that's interesting. And you're, I guess it's helpful, Marie, too, because you're still in a part of the the program's history. I, I certainly don't know because, like, I came in your senior year. I mean, what was the state of the program at that point? And then, you know, where was Seymour? What did people think about him? And why was he let go? Like, kind of take us through that transition period, I guess. Yeah. So, luckily, you know, it was a blessing for me that Bill Harrion you know, coach well enough to, uh, you know, to get a better opportunity uh, elsewhere. He went to ECU because he, he didn't want me. So uh, it worked out in my favor that Steve Seymour got a job. So Seymour brought me in. I think where what happened is, so Seymour was kind of like my AAU coach. You know, he's like in your face. He's cussing you out like Bill Herrian. Um, from what I know, a lot of people, you know, Herrian, you know, rub people the wrong way. So he's very like that. And I think what happens to a lot of assistant coaches, uh, you know, it's just not Seymour. I think it's a lot of assistant coaches. They're trying to find their identity. So naturally they take on the identity of the person they learn from. So I think instead of like having his own identity, he was kind of trying to be, he was being like a Harry. And so, you know, a lot of, you know, profanity, a lot of in your face, a lot of yelling, um, from what I hear, I guess he kind of rubbed some people the wrong way um, uh, in the building, and um, we didn't have two. We didn't have two very good years, so we had two losing seasons. So I think that's what um, that's what played a part in, you know, into his dismissal. So um, 
and when you got you to know, the program, you know, uh, you know, your freshman year, you were coming up. They were coming off of a pretty, pretty good run, right? Malik had left a couple of years before that, but they, they, the team yeah. is still pretty strong going into that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, um, they, they were in good shape. Um, you know, Harry had uh, built a very nice program, and um, you know, they they kept it in the family by 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 promoting uh, Seymour to the to the head coaching position. Um, but that's pretty much all I know. Like I didn't I didn't know much about um, Drexel at all. You know, when I when I came in, um, I just knew I seen that you know Malik Rose is there. They they went to um, uh, a couple uh, uh, tournaments. They won some games. Um, and, uh, you know, he had the big upset, of, you know, in the tournament. And so that's that's pretty much all I knew. Um, but uh, now what are you thinking, you know, with Bruiser coming in? And I guess the I mean, the thing I really wonder, what was it like playing for Bruiser Flint? Brew was like more of the same. Bruce, like in your face. I mean, y'all, y'all been there. Y'all I was going to say you're probably used to that. Yeah. 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 So to me, it didn't bother me. You know, nowadays, um, you know, kids are different. Man. They, they, they can't do that. For me, uh, Brew came in. So here's a sir. We're all like on the edge that summer. Okay. Who's going to be the coach? I know they were, they interviewed Bruiser. They interviewed Walt Fuller. Um, I forget who else. Uh, but I know we, we were leaning towards like, you know, as players like learners, I was like, Walt Fuller's cool. Walt Fuller was alumni. Um, rest in peace, Walt Fuller. Uh, but then they was like, oh, we, oh, they hired Bruiser Flint. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to lie. I don't know if I ever told Bruiser this when we talk, but I'm pretty sure, you know, when he came in, he was, he was trying to get rid of us too, you know? But in my mind, thought process, I'm like, why are we hiring, you know, Bruiser, then he just get fired from UMass, you know, like, I don't, I don't, I'm a kid. Like, I don't know. I'm like, why are we hiring this, you know, in your, in your mind? But Brew came in and he was, de- you know, he was definitely trying to, trying to clean house. I mean, he was definitely trying to break us for sure. He was, he was putting the test out there. Um, and um, so we had these individual workouts. And I know for the, like the guards, it was like next to impossible. I don't, there was no guard who, who finished the whole workout except for Tim Whitworth. And that's because he didn't miss. So he was really putting us through even the bigs. Like it was, it was, it was tough. The only break we had was like shooting a one-on-one free throw. God forbid you missed. Like that's a short, that's a short break. Um, then we had guys miss class. So that's when we were first introduced to 2020s. And uh, at that time, we didn't know anything about that. I guess we thought we, you know, we were doing conditioning with Seymour. This was a whole nother world. Like this was, uh, you know, the 20 suicides in 20 minutes. I was going to say, well, what does that look like, 2020s? Yeah. So basically, let's say they'll come in and say, okay, Everybody, all the bigs have to make it in 40 seconds. Uh, the the guards have to make it in 38 seconds. So you make it in 40 seconds. That means that your break is that the rest of that minute, 20 seconds. Now you're right on to the next one. So um, 
you got to do 20 of them. Now, here's the thing. You can take a break. You you can miss two, but you got to make it up at the end. If you miss more than twice, then you have to come back the next day, do it over. It's brutal. So, so like, let's say you did five and then you're like, ah, I can't do it anymore. You take it. You set that one out. So when everybody finishes at 20, you run one more to make that make that one up. So we had guys diving over the line, all types of them, just to, just to make it, people throwing up. And it's funny because that's the slowest time. So you think you're in shape until you do that 40. To start off at 40 is like, like once you got into it and you understood what it was like, you're like, you're praying for 40 because you're going every time you, every week you're going down. Um, yeah. You're you're going you're going down. So you're going 38, 40. Then you're going 36, 38. Then you're going 32, 34. You know, um, so you're going. I think we got all the way down to like 31, 33, or so, or 32, 34, or something like that. And I think some cast that came after us was down to like 30, 32. I don't know, but I will say it was like the best shape of my life. What do you think? Was he trying to? Was he trying to get guys to leave the team, or he's just trying to oh, see what? Yeah, okay. oh, he was weeding. Yeah, he definitely was weeding, weeding folks out. Okay. You know, anytime you come in, you you know, um, you're inheriting somebody else's team. You know, I'm I'm not Bruiser's guy. Like, I, he didn't recruit me. He didn't recruit me. He didn't recruit uh, Fairfax. He didn't recruit Ash Howard. He didn't recruit uh, Tim Whitworth. He didn't recruit Phil Goss or Sean Brooks. So, um, you know, that's six people. That's that's half your team right there is not even yours. So, I, you know, I completely, you know, I understand. Anytime a coach come in, you want to, if your job's on the line, you want to bring in your own people, you know. Um, but uh, what, what most people don't know, I had a friend who, was talking to me about Alabama A&M. My mom was going to transfer to Alabama a and I'll tell you guys the story. So I went to Bruiser. Like, I was serious about this. I I asked for, I went to Bruiser and asked for my release. I went to compliance, asked for my release, and Bruiser was like, all right, you know, good luck to you. <laughs> so that, that's true. So, the only, believe it or not, the only reason I stayed, who talked me into staying, was uh, Tony Canaris, the, the the vice president of the university. So I was pretty cool with um, with Mr. Canaris, and um, you know I told him my plans, and um, he talked, and I was like, all right, I'm I'm going to stay. But you see, it didn't matter for Brew either way. <laughs> you know, that was an extra scholarship for him. <laughs> he leave. So we're glad you but stayed, it, obviously. And and I guess what what do you think? Do you feel like you proved yourself to him? And then, I mean, because, I mean, from where I'm sitting, you know, what I saw as a senior, I mean, you're an incredible player. I mean, what, did something turn the corner for you and, and really yeah, kind of? Yeah, it definitely turned out to be the best decision uh, for me. Um, it's funny because what was going to happen happened anyway because I had a my uh, interview with Seymour, you know, when he found we were going to CAA, it was going to be my junior year. He was like, look, I'm handing you the, you know, basically the team. Like, this is going to be your team and things like that. Um, and, and it worked out the same way. Um, 
But I will say it wasn't easy. And that's why I try to tell those guys who came after me. I'm like, yo, why don't you guys get the ball? He's like, well, he tells them not to not to throw me the ball in the post. Like when I talk to those guys, like, you know, like uh, uh, Daryl and, 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 these, and these bigs, you know, like he told them not to throw me the ball. I'm like, look, he said the same thing to me. He said, don't throw him the ball, this and that. So I made, you know, I made it a point to show him, you know, hey, y'all need to give me the ball. So I get great great position. They throw me my score. And I did that until it turned into throwing the damn ball. Instead of don't throw the ball, and it's just throwing the damn ball. You know, so uh had probably my best year statistically was my junior year. Like, and um, I won't lie to you. I, I definitely felt robbed of the player of the year that, that year. They gave it to Brett Blizzard again. And um, I was definitely, I was definitely salty. I was definitely salty at the very Because, you know, down there, they, 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 they get their little, like, description before they say who. And you know if it's you or not once they start talking. You know, so they're like, this guy, uh, you know, has been in the league. You know this many, you know this and that, and then right there, if they had a camera, you would see my face like drop because this is our first year in the league. Obviously, you're not talking about me, you know. Um, so, uh, if you want to hop in there and sing, go for it. I don't want you to miss out. <laughs> yeah. See it blow out the candles and everything. <laughs> uh, do what you got to do. <laughs> He's his birthday. That's. All right, so yeah, important stuff. We got to do our happy birthday and everything. I hope you didn't miss out on cake, too, and ice cream. So, I mean, that's a, that's important stuff. But that's my son. He's out there. But anyway, so, Rob, um, we want to pick up. Um, so, if you don't mind taking us through your senior year. Um, so, again, and, and I mentioned UNC Wilmington game. I was looking at that schedule. It was amazing. A lot of close games. You did a lot of things that a lot of other Drexel teams beyond you couldn't do like I think you I can't remember you're definitely very competitive with like ODU and VCU and George Mason but tell us about your your senior year and and how that went so our our senior year well first of all we when I came in with that with that group me Ashley you know uh, Henry and Tim um, even when we came on campus that time the basketball team didn't have that great of a reputation um, so that was our thing we like are right, we gonna we're gonna make that change and we're going to go. Um, we're going to go to the tournament. We're going to take the team back to the tournament. You know, so senior year was that opportunity. Unfortunately, uh, you know, Ash Ash Howard was diagnosed with his issue. He, you know, he couldn't play anymore. But um, we had a good team. Me and you know Tim Woodworth. We had moved him to the four. Um, the way we played, so we were doing a four out one in uh, to highlight that that shooting and um, my to give me space inside. Um, to work, and we had, you know, Eric Schmieder a year uh, older, you know, uh, solidifying the, the perimeter defense. And uh, and then um, so we had really high expectations. Then. Um, they Obviously, they still wasn't picking us uh, too high. We definitely were picked higher than the year before. Um, but there were there that, that was a really great year. Like I said, my my best statistical year was the year before, but it was still maintained uh, that that senior year, and um, and uh, we really came into our own then, like being a team that can kind of uh, with that four out one in and, and being able to hold teams uh, to low scores. 
and being able to, to spread the floor, especially with uh, Tim shooting at the four position. And what we would typically do, especially on defense, we would put Tim on, you know, on the best um, big. And then, you know, I would come off the, the weaker big and, and help, you know. So um, that worked out really great, especially against like ODU. You know, we would throw Tim on, um, we would throw Tim on, uh, hold on. Um, and uh, so it worked out great because we would have him front, you know, Ricardo Marsh, and uh, you know, I would come over and I and I would help. Um, so it it worked out great, you know, not having that great of defenders and allowing me to stand in the back and just and just rack up my block shots. <laughs> so I say when I when I won that defensive player of the year, I was to you know thank my teammates for not. For sending them my way on purpose, of course. You know. And maybe um, well, and, and just uh, before we go to your pro career, I guess maybe a good time. Like I think you know that, and I'm thinking of watching that uh, that final, and and again, I mean, it was amazing season. But watching that that final, my dorm room, watching Drexel on ESPN, seeing all the, I think the the backpack was crowded behind the basket. And the other thing I noticed, I was looking through. There wasn't much information on the schedule from that year on the Drexel Dragons website, but it it was it showed the attendance for all those games, and I think like the lowest attendance I saw was like nineteen hundred people. So, like I said, that that really drew me in, you know, to going to the game. So I, I think that team deserves a lot of credit for them what sprung forward, at least for the DAC pack and everything, even for the next ten years. So I, I'm just curious. You said you, you've come to a few games this year. Where do you think the program is now, and where do you think it might be headed? especially from somebody who saw a transition in the program once before. So uh, just, just to, to, to cap off that, um, that senior year real quick, um, losing to the, in the, in the championship to UNC Wilmington, like I still haven't watched that whole game uh, since then, but um, it was really cool. Unfortunately, we didn't get the, the, you know, the, uh, the performances we wanted from everybody, but like Canel Sanchez, uh, who's my guy, he's still like, you know, my little brother. Uh, we're, we're very close to this day. We, we kind of found, we, we just connected, you know, just from our, we connected through like that, that will, that sheer will and determination and that, you know, through work ethic. So we would work out together and things like that. So I wasn't surprised that he was the one, uh, that showed up, uh, in the tournament, uh, in, in, in that last game. Uh, but it, it, it was crazy because, you know, I remember scoring the first three baskets and we, we, we traded. And I remember looking at the score, it was six to six. And then the next time I looked at the score, it was 20 to six. So they went on a 14, you know, 14 0 run. Um, and we just ran out of time. We started picking up. If the game was three minutes longer, I think we would have pulled it out. But, um, but anyway, I forced myself to watch them celebrate, and then I held my tears, you know, before until, until I got a tunnel because I didn't want all the cheerleaders to see me cry. But, uh, um, but this Can year, I ask you know, something real quick about that. Yeah. Uh, besides, yeah, I mean, Canel was a freshman that year. I think you know, one folks who weren't there at the time, you know, Canel was 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 a youngster for that tournament, and he. He came out. I was just, I was a party for him that that run. But the the game prior to the UC, the UNCW game was VCU, 
Mm-hmm. And there's uh, Mike Litos, who's the, a writer and became a play-by-play guy for VCU, uh, and, and a friend of mine, gives me a hard time because he's convinced that was a two-point Drexel win. I don't know if you remember that game. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's, he's convinced you traveled, you traveled on the last basket. He will say it every time I talk to him, you know, three months a year. I got to hear it four times a year. Battle walked. Battle walked. Will you tell him? Will you tell him for me now? Listen. If if I if if that was a walk, it was as a result of a foul from the fat boy who was hacking me the whole game. <laughs> that they never. There's there's not even a reason he should have still been on the floor at the end of the game. He should already been fouled out. And that was a that was a trend that teams would do throughout the year. I don't know if y'all would recognize that certain games that we play ODU. They had this big, strong Canadian that they used to bring off the off the bench. I don't remember his name. That never played, except when they played us. To go in there to hack me, to foul me, to lean on me. I don't know if you remember the big, sloppy, seven foot guy from Towson, Derek Good. Yeah, I do. He I never do. played except when he played against us. So he just leaned on me like that. With his arms like this, I'm like, this is a roof. And they would never, they wouldn't call foul. There was three guys. And then at JMU, there was this big, burly, ball-headed black kid. Name, last name was Whitehead. He never played. Well, he played us, you know. So I forget what that guy name was from VCU. He was a little shorter, but he was he was thicker and he had long arms. Uh forget his name. But uh, listen, we, we were in the huddle. He was talking about the plows like, yo, give me the ball. I, I don't care how you do it. I don't care what you draw up, but it, it needs to end of me getting the ball. And I got the ball and I scored with it. Tell him, what's his name, Mike? Tell him yeah. stop being salty, man. It's over with. <laughs> it's I'll over with. It it's, 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 it's over with. I mean, I remember that game, too. I mean, not only did you hit the game-winning shot, but I think you also uh, tipped away the next pass, I believe, that, like, Really sealed the game up uh, in that man, PC again. I come at him. I come at him for the uh, Drexel loss at VCU in like 2008 in the, in the semifinals there, where Brew refused to double because Brew don't double anybody. Uh, uh, Skeen, uh, Jamie Skeen, and, and uh, it was like Jamie Skeen on one of our walk-ons in, in like overtime. It was it was a bad situation. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we we go back and forth. So it's it's not all on Mike, is what I'm saying. But yeah, it's uh yeah, it's well, a fun rivalry. I don't know where. Look, I wish I can go back and play the championship over again. Miss some free throws that I like back. But hey, man, listen, it is it is what it is. I played one of the best games of my life, and we still lost. So yeah, like I said, all, all I can think about that game is how you know not only did you you know really feed you know a good decade of you know enthusiasm at Drexel, and I'm thinking. And then he said, so what I did this weekend, my son's out there. And so it's, it's been passed down a generation. So it's interesting talking to an athlete, how they, and it's amazing how much you remember the detail of, and I'm sitting here thinking, man, that's like 20 years ago. And, and the detail you remember of those games, but, um, but now that that's the legacy you take away from that game, how you really created that atmosphere that carried on and hoping to build that back up here in the coming years. Uh, but um, I, I think like from like, oh, sorry, battle, go ahead. Right, I, I I got on uh, sports ten sports center top ten plays that game too, where for for dunk on the guy. Uh, I don't even remember last name. Callahan. 
The UNCW? Terrell. No, it was the ball head guy, Terrell. It was the pitcher that was in the deck for the longest until they took it took it down. And I don't know why they did that, just to paint the walls white. But I have that poster in my house in the basement right now because that's when they started putting the cameras in the backboard. Um, I remember that because it was just from a series of free throws that we missed that kind of hurt us. Cause I missed a couple. Phil Goss went to the free throw line, and he missed one of them. On one of them, I got the rebound in the middle of the paint, and I just got it and just, you know, went right over the big fella and got on. You know, I still remember uh, Brad Darty. He was like, what do you say? Uh, he was like, I don't know who – He's like, I don't know who brought the peanut butter, but I know who had, who brought the jam. You know, he's like Robert Bell, something like that. And I'm mad because I don't have, I didn't record, I don't have that tape from ESPN that I made top ten plays. And I know some people were, I've been trying to track it down forever, and I still haven't been able to find it, unfortunately. We gotta get Chris McKendry to listen to the pot. She's got the pull. She, you know, yeah. Drexel ties in the pull. I mean, I think for, for me, that UNCW game and that run in general is one of the reasons why I'm as big of a fan as I am. And I, I know a number of the other uh, like guys who started the DAC pack too are in the same boat. Like we went, we were there for that trip and just like, I don't know, being there for that run was amazing. Um, we all lost our voices. I think we were outnumbered to those UNCW fans. I don't know how many, it must've been like 20 to one or something. And we were all just screaming and, you know, trying to keep up with them and just, Seeing that and the bus ride home and everything that went on on that trip just like really solidified, you know, all of us into, uh, you know, making that trip every year. And we've been going 20 years straight until um, the pandemic was like, <laughs> we really stopped it. But um, yeah. And I, I don't know if you remember this too, Rob, but um, we had an early on, like one of the first DAC pack meetings, and you and Bruiser stopped in for like a second. It was Sean Joyce was running it. Um, and you guys just stopped in to say hi to like, and, you know, meant a lot to the, the whole group that uh, you just took some time out to, you know, say hi to the group. But that was the formation of the deck pack right there. Yeah, that, that's important, man. You, you got to have, um, you know, uh, guys like you guys and, and you know, in those, in those groups, man, that, that's what makes college basketball college basketball. Um, and we, we greatly appreciate that, man. I, I've always appreciated you guys. And I'll tell you the, the most classic moment. <laughs> the most the most classic moment was when you guys had the the freaking oversized blunt for Rick for Rick Apodaca. <laughs> How much trouble did you guys get in for that? <laughs> we were passing that thing around. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's funny, man, because you you make these relationships. I, I wound up running into Rick Apodaca when I was playing in a tournament out there. And, you know, I was in Puerto Rico and and he's like, I call him Pretty Ricky. Like, he's the guy. Like, I was at this club. I saw him. I was like, yo, what's up? He got me right to the front, got us right in. You know, so um, that 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 was cool. But um, I went way off tangent. Uh, the, the, the transition of the team, it looks like they're, they're, they have a decent foundation right now. Um, Spikers had a few years. So I think now these are the important years to, to see what, what he really can do um, as a coach. So I think like these next couple of years will be crucial. Um, 
you know, see where he's able to to take the, the program. Um, but I think that, I mean, he's done some decent recruiting and he has some good, some good uh, players. Cam has been a, you know, a, uh, uh, what is it, player of the year candidate in the league. He, he you know, he does uh, very well. You know, James Butler has uh, been very good. So um, he has a good, good nucleus. Unfortunately, it hasn't um, resulted in a ton of wins uh, this year. But um, the guys are, are are playing are playing hard. But I think was what's been the issue since I've been seeing it, and maybe it's just because I'm I'm just that's the way I'm wired. But it's it's defense, man. Like you, you just can't give up eighty points in forty minutes. Can't do it. Games faster paced, you know, and they are playing at a, at a higher higher tempo, right? So that'll, that'll do some of it, but yeah, point, like, yeah, it's different. I mean, that, that's a lot of points 80, 87 points for in college. Just you're not going to win many games that way. So I got to ask you, you know, uh, JB's been incredible for for four years for Drexel and an asset to the team, but you've got a younger guy coming in, in, in Amari Williams. And, you know, I, I've been saying all season, um, kind of since he broke out this year a little bit, and you can still he see he's raw. He's not there yet. Yeah. But, like, uh, the tools-wise, like, I, I always say his upside is kind of Rob Battle, right? Like, I mean, that's that's he's, he's got you know, a similar similar style, so build and game and the whole thing. Um, what do you – have you seen him? And, and you I've, I've only on seen him? him in those games I've watched. Um but like I said, ultimately, what it comes down, what it comes down to is, 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 you know, this right here, that that ticker, and then just um, how bad do you want it? Do you want to make the lead? Do you do you want it? My thought process was always, you know, I'm going to play so well, and it's the same as a pro. I want to play so well that people look and, and be like, yo, what is he doing here? That that's what I always wanted. Like, yo, he should be in the NBA. That's why I wanted people to look at. Like, why is he over here? He should be in the NBA. Or maybe, oh, why is he here? He should be in EuroLeague or whatever it is. Um, So he should be like, yo, why, why is this dude here? He should be in the ACC or something like that. That should be his thought process. I want, I want to dominate this league. Am I going to work on my right-hand jump hook? Or maybe just even just turn it over the left shoulder. Maybe it's not a jump hook. Maybe you you develop a turnaround, you, but you just have to be able to to turn on both shoulders. Um. So I think that's on him. I, I I mean I don't know. Like I said, I haven't been around practice, so I don't know what his work ethic looks like. But I do know from what I saw, and even though you know JB is that guy, um, so he's playing a lot of minutes, and maybe he's not used to playing more minutes. But you got to be prepared, man. Like he was having a good game now, and I'm looking, and I'm like, he's tired. I'm looking, I'm like, yo, he's tired. He's he's able to to, to make a difference, but now I got to come out because I'm tired, or I'm not going to touch the ball, or I'm gonna just chill here because I'm tired. And you haven't even been running; it's only been four minutes. You know, and what I used to do is I had to play a lot of minutes. Um, I learned, nobody told me, but I just realized, they was like, oh, it's, 
It's a media timeout every four minutes. So that's how I broke the game down. I look, if I'm tired, I'm like, okay, I got, you know, one more minute, dead ball, and I get a break. And then you, you know, you play hard that way. And then you got to, and then you got to be in your mind, like, okay, I got one foul or two fouls. You got to learn how to still be aggressive uh, while, while not fouling, while not getting in foul trouble. But um, at the end of the day, it's just what kind of work is, is he putting in behind the scenes? Um, I haven't been able to be at practice, so I, I don't know. I don't know uh, really anything about these guys, but I only know the guys I've, I've seen in practice, which is JB, you know, Cam, and I've, I've actually practiced with those guys, and um, so I know them. But the, the other guys, I, I, don't, I don't know them uh, personally. I haven't seen what their work ethic work ethic looks like, um, but if 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 that kid puts in the work, and he and he buys into uh, whatever weight program, weight training, you know, weight room program they have him on, the kid will be he'll be an NBA player. Because that's that's what I did. I came from a school once again, public league. Like I, we didn't know what a weight program was. We didn't have it. You look at these, you know, on the TV, you look at these high school football teams, they in there in the weight room. We didn't have that. We didn't have weight room days. We didn't have any of that. So when I got there, you know, I, I, and I realized I wasn't a small guy. Um, you know, I was like 6'6", 220 already coming out of high school. So, but what I did when I got there, because I didn't know, if the strip coach said, you need to do this, this is a pro you did, I went in there, I did it hard. And I got strong and I became the strongest person on the team. And I can pretty much guarantee that I was strong. I was the strongest person in the CAA. And I was the strongest person in pretty much almost every year of every league I played in overseas. So at the end of the day, just for everybody, it sounds cliche, but it's really about how bad you want it and what type of work you're going to put in. And these days you touch on how things are different and communicating. And I, and I, I don't know Amari personally too, but you always in the back of your head, the, the transfer portal and you know, these kids get challenged. And then all of a sudden it's like, yeah, they're out, you know, but you know, but so it's good to hear like, yeah, at the end of the day, it comes down to how much you're going to put in, you get in what you put out really is what it comes down to. So. Well, that was um, Nate. It was you, you and I were on the same thing on the same line because we've talked at times, and I think this is one of these really easy things traps that fans can walk into the weekend is watching the games, not being in the locker room, not knowing what's going. We, you and I both said this team, it feels like at times doesn't have a killer instinct, right? Doesn't maybe doesn't have the chip on the shoulder that you were talking that Rob had, right? Yeah. Um, and I, I don't. I think practically, if you're a head coach right now and you're looking at that transfer portal, you know nobody nobody's got a city here anymore, and all of a sudden it's you know, people are leaving left and right. You know, the goal is almost to retain players. If you keep your core together, if you have a good core and you can keep them together, right, you have an advantage on everybody else. But does that take away from challenging players? Does it take away, you know, you're, you're going to have a harder time being a bruiser flint, right, mm -hmm. and really going after guys. Mm -hmm. And and kind of is this is what we're seeing on the floor. I guess, Rob, I, my question to you is, how would you coach a team? How would you motivate a team right now where, you, where you're worried about the back door, right? but you still want to motivate guys and push them? How do you, how do you, how would you, you know, balance that? 
it's funny you mention that because I think that's initially what happened at the end of the the role with with Bruiser. I think that they weren't, you know, those kids didn't respond to that type, and you know, they they just wasn't hearing them anymore. Um, so he, you know, he couldn't get them to respond. Uh, but I think now at this at this point, you just have to be well versed in how to. Um, relate to the kids and this generation um a good leader is able to uh decipher okay at rob like for example if i'm on a team you know you can yell at me. i'm not going to say i'm the type of person you yell at me seymour used to yell at me in my face uh and i would get angry i'm the type of person that's going to get angry and i'm i'm like i'm the, i'm going to show you god and i'm looking to see more dead in his face with with you know, with anger in my eyes and to the point where he was like and yelling at me and then stopped and said, don't look at me like you want to beat my ass because I did. You know, like I did, I did wanted to hit him so bad. That's what I wanted to do. <laughs> but um, you just got to know, you, you got to take the time to learn those guys. There's going to be some players you can, you can yell at and there's going to be some players where you're going to have to pull them over and say, hey, listen, you know, I really need you. I really need you to go like, what, what is it that you want out of this? You know, some players you have to do that too. What is it that you want out of this? You got to, you got to find what, what triggers them. I, I need to make, do you want to play pro? Do you want to make money doing this? Yeah, I have to, you know, my, my parents are doing, okay, well then if, if your plan is to, is to help your parents and make money out of this, this is, this it's not going to happen with the effort that you're giving right now. So what, so what's it going to be? So you may have to say that. And then another guy, you know, you can say like, hey, you're being a freaking pussy. Like, you know, like, like run, you know, or or something like that. You know, stop playing like a soft ass. You can say that to some folks. And then, and then some kids, you know, that'll put them with the, with the deer in the headlights. And if you do that, you'll lose them. So. I think it's just, you know, as a coach, you're going to have to learn those skills pretty quickly. Because if not, if you if you if you talk to everybody the same way, it's just not going to work. Because you're got you got twelve players, either you got twelve on your roster, fifteen, whatever it is, with all different personalities, and it's a little bit more tedious. It's more work. But you're going to have to figure out how to how to motivate each one, how how to hit home with with each one of them, at least the ones that are that are playing. But then even a few that are not playing, because you need them to go hard and practice to to help to help push your other your, your guys that are playing. So that that's really what it what it's what it's about. That's that's how I would approach it and make sure I'm able, you know, psycho psychologically and as a leader to be able to relate to each personality. You know, Dan, and we were talking last week, you know, I think of Malik Martin and Rob, I don't know how you know him, but, you know, kind of coming. And, and I guess what I'm thinking of is, and again, you're all I know as far as Drexel basketball and even as following a college program close, you know, so, you know, you started kind of being that, sort of that that heart and soul kind of a t of a player and then you think beyond you i mean i think of bashir mason as a name that comes to mind and yeah you know, whether you agree with that or not but you're looking for that type of player in this team 
and I, I see shades of Malik Martin in, in the way you played. So I don't know if you have a chance to see him or what your thoughts of, of our, of him. Which one, which number is he? Uh, what, two, right? Yeah. Number two. Oh, okay. Okay. He transferred in. He, he was at Monmouth and it's his first year in the program. Okay. So he's, I think he was hurt. Uh, one of the early games where I saw him play the last game. Mm-hmm. Um, the last game I went to, which was uh, William and Mary. Oh, oh, oh. So, <laughs> okay, I'm gonna be honest. I wasn't very fond of. <laughs> I wasn't very fond of his play. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that was the one. That he he's kind of out of control. Yeah, he's and like a lot of guys, it's like great game and bad game, back and forth. I think he's been more consistent the last number of games, but yeah. So he's um, like he's like really like. Phew, yeah. yeah, yeah, like downhill, like hard. Yeah, um, and that and that's good. I think that's what I see. A guy who's yeah, yeah he just got to rain him out, but you know. But yeah. you gotta have the the, you gotta grasp the concept. Mm. And so the reason why I say that, like he's he's your heart, you're going hard, but you gotta be smart too. Mm. So the reason I say is they they made a great comeback in that William and Mary game, forced a great turnover. I think they were down three or two, whatever it was, had an opportunity to, to tie it or cut it to one. They they take the side out of bounds, give it to him. And I guess he's not really that great of a shooter. I, I don't know the team that well, but I assume he because he because he just always pump fakes it. He doesn't shoot it. So instead of shooting, he pump fakes it and grow and gets a charge. And I'm like, no. <laughs> like what what yeah. why? You know, especially when a big fella had ran off a couple points. Mm. I'm like, yo, just throw it down in there. They don't have anybody. They had this, like, scrawny dude uh, on William and Mary in the post. And I'm like, just give it to the big fella and back him down mm. and shoot a jump hook. But he gets shooting 37% for three this year, by the way, Malik. Huh? Hey, he was shooting 37% for three this year. Like, he, he can shoot dude. it. He, he, was, shoot it. He, he, was, he wasn't shooting it. You're right. And, and that charge was a killer. Was an that killer. whole game, he was just don't fake and dry. He wasn't shooting it. He didn't shoot it. So, um, yeah, it's just I was looking. It was very erratic. Um, but I loved, the, I loved the motor. I loved that stuff. Yeah. Like, I like Russell Westbrook. But the dude hasn't learned anything. Like I said, that's I another it's another part of your legacy. I got every Drexel team I look for who's that like Robert Battle type player, that motor, you know what I mean? So, you know. But I, I know we're coming up in an hour, so I, I guess we have, we have two options. One is certainly and we were gonna talk about your pro career, because I'm really curious about that, and these guys are too. Or do you wanna have you back some other time? Rob, what do you think? Yeah. Oh, I would love to come back, man. Okay. I would love to come back. But that that's a there there's some some funny stories about that too. Just a preference, we'll close out and I'll and I'll set it up for next time. Um I was cut twice my first year overseas. Twice. Back, I, to, back to back teams. I'm really interested because like I, I spent some time in Japan when I was in the military and, and followed baseball, but I went to some basketball games and saw some games in Korea. So really, I'm really interested in foreign sports, period. Not that I'm an expert, but yeah, I have to believe there's a lot of interesting stories, you know, just in general. And then culturally, too, adapting and all that sort of stuff. So it'll be just another good conversation. So, um, so yeah, so we want to set it up and um, we'll figure that out. But, um, but yeah, so but but before I, Dan and Bill is there, too. Anything else before 
we wrap up here tonight. Anything else you know, you wanted to touch on? No, I want like six more hours. This is great. This is, <laughs> this is fantastic. So I, I want to thank you for your time, Rob. For sure. Uh, I, I got some great stories for you when we go pro, for sure. I, I can't <laughs> wait to come back. Yeah. And before we go, I just want, you know, again, huge win from the women's program. I just wanted to get them plugged in there. Winning by one today down at Delaware, another uh, terrific game. Rob, you have a chance to watch the women at all this year? I've watched one game, the women's. They they are really good, and my daughter likes to watch them too. Mm-hmm. She's eight. Um, and, um, yeah, I, I remember seeing that girl, la- uh, well, not last year, but I guess it was the year before that. Uh, cause of the pandemic, uh, is it, uh, what is her name? Ke- is it Kiana or Kishana Washington? Yeah. Kishana? Washington. Yeah. She was a problem. I see. I saw her close the game out at home. They just gave her the ball at the top of the key and nobody could stand the same in front of her. Mm-hmm. Like she, she's definitely a, a problem her and Hannah playing together. Um, the girls, are, they've built an amazing program with Denise started and Amy is, has taken the reins and hasn't missed a beat. Like it's, the way they they, they they run and set up their program is, is second to none. Like she's done an awesome job. Um and I, you know, I continue to wish wish them the, the best because they're killing. I really hope that they're able to go into that tournament, win it, uh, go back to the tour- the NCAA tournament and and you know, and be the first be the first team to, to win a win a game since since Malik uh, Malik's team, and I think probably be the first women's team to win a game, yeah. at least since, as far as we can remember, since we've been following basketball. No, I'd be the first one. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, just really incredible. So, who? Wait, who snapped the streak real quick? Because I, who beat them? Yeah, it was it was Charleston right at home? Uh, at home? Yeah. Why am I Maybe? blanking on the game? Yeah, we, I was there. Yeah, we we were they Charleston had, home. Yeah, they so were. We got up to what fourteen. Yeah, fourteen or fifteen, one or the other. Yeah, and we were up. We were we were we were down twenty three points and came back. We either tied it or got within one, and then they they pulled it out at the end. So I, yeah, I mean, even that game was. It's they're such an exciting team to watch too. Not just I mean, good, but fun games. So, but I always want to end on a good word on the women's program. You know, and it, coming from you, even better. So, um, well, I want to talk about. I mean, both teams were on the road this weekend. Went three and zero. I mean, you're going to have to go back a while to find the last time that they swept a swept a weekend for Drexel on both sides of the fence. So, it's on the road, um, but it's, it's it's a special weekend. It's a good time of year, right? Feb 20 to be peaking, to be to be feeling good about things. So, um, hopefully, uh, a sign of things to come. But special game at Delaware, Nate. I think we'll probably record something else on on the games from the weekend. Yeah, and well, we'll have that posted this week. Yeah, we'll figure that out. So stay tuned. Before my battery dies, but again, Robert Battle, thank you very much for joining us, and um, look forward to talking to everybody again sometime soon. So, all right, thank you guys, man. All right. Thank you.